Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Cyber isn't one thing, cyber is everything. It cuts across every industry, connecting everybody. It's the same way Dakota State University isn't just a university. With our Cyber 27 initiative, DSU has a stronger, more secure future. We're adding more faculty and welcoming more students, building labs, adding degrees, conducting game-changing research. We need partners to work with us and put our graduates to work for them. Visit dsucyber27.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to uh, Party's Hot Pants, the FYP... <laughs> Sorry, oh, I'll go again. Uh, party... It's been a while. Party's Hot Pants. Hey. <laughs> I forgot I wouldn't do that for these episodes. Um, it's the spin-off, nostalgia spin-off series from the FYP podcast. Uh, I'm Jim Daly, and uh, joining me, as ever, my nostalgia teammates, I guess, uh, it's Richard Foster and Jesse Boyce. Uh, Richard, sorry that I interrupted the, the way there. Um, you sounded like you were really going for a, for a good way as well. Well, I had to, you know, stop my way. <laughs> and I had to find my own way. But I'm, I'm back now. But, and where there's a rich, there's a way. Where there's mm, doesn't really work. Now. Yeah, no. it doesn't work. Anyway, how are you? Uh, I'm very well. I've recovered from that disastrous 95th minute goal again. Yeah. Um, just very frustrating, isn't it? How good we are, and then can't defend bloody corners against Arsenal. I mean, it's a bit like herding sheep. But uh, anyway, other than that, I've, I've got over it. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm looking forward to meeting the Saudis. Sorry, the Geordies tomorrow. <laughs> and we didn't. I was frustrated with that. We didn't have VAR to let us off this time either. Um, no. But the beauty of this podcast, Jesse, is we don't have to talk about current affairs. We don't have to talk about things that annoy us currently. We are dipping into the past. That is uh, that is why we love doing this podcast. Good morning, chaps. Yes, it's just a morning. I like following this meandering path. Um, you must you must enjoy that you don't have to organise too much for this one, Jim. Unlike the other podcasts, which are meticulous, this can be uh, just sort of just a free a free reign. Just see where it goes, and obviously we'll come back back to one thing that we have organised, 
which will <laughs> come on too shortly. Indeed, yeah, no, it's, it is nice to. Uh, yeah, I can sort of rock up to this one. I'm not do too much, not do too much admin. Can I just? I mean, off air, Jesse, you were telling us a great story. Oh, I know this is nothing to do with Palace or nostalgia, but about shenanigans in, in your in your village that you moved to recently with a chili eating contest. I mean, it just that just sounds absolutely fantastic. I don't know if we can try and get chilies into the pod somehow today, but yeah, just tell us a bit about that. It sounds wonderful. It loosely fits with the hot pants theme, doesn't it? It's, oh, yeah. very good. Very good, good. yeah. I mean, that's, I'm amazed you didn't make that link yourself, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I was, well, it's just uh, Richard was in the area recently, so uh, we just talked a little bit of regional news. And uh, there was a, a, a food festival in the, in the town recently, and there was a chili-eating competition where all comers could just go and test their, uh, their spicy limits. It got to round six, which was the Scotch bonnet. And um, the best thing about it was the pint of milk that every contestant had in front of them. And if you reached for the pint of milk, that was effectively you waving your white flag and giving up. And the crowd was was delight, delighted to see people reaching out for that in desperation. Um, but yeah, all credit to James's dad of Farnham, which is the, the winner. Mm-hmm. I've not yet to bump into him. Although somebody I know did see him and said... 45 minutes later, they bumped into him in an alley and he looked like he'd just thrown up. <laughs> <laughs> but and, thrown uh, up in victory rather than defeat, which is which is fine. Yeah. yeah. Too much so, milk, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, and in an age of kind of continuous international weekends, this, these are the sort of things we need to fill those gaps in between Premier League fixtures. So, yeah. totally rec- recommend it to your local MP. I can, and I... <laughs> And I can imagine that uh, after winning the chili contest, James's dad did have hot pants. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, you, you rescued that one, Jim. Well yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could look for a sponsorship from a local curry house that could deliver us takeaway <gasps> curries. I would love that. That would be so good. Yeah. No, he's going to have to be quite good because he's got to go to your place and then down in rural Surrey and then up to northwest London. But I'm sure that's fine. If I do bump into him, I will definitely raise the entrepreneurial idea of creating a James's Dad hot sauce, which I think would oh, man. sell, sell yeah. very well. That is a great idea. And just for clarity, it's not my dad, just in case anyone's <laughs> wondering. I'd never see my dad eat a chilli. I'd, um, like I'd like to see JD Senior trying a chilli. It'll be interesting. Start him off on the lower scale rather than the Scotch bonnet. Well, maybe we can get him to do that at the live podcast in a couple of weeks' time. Um, as some sort of pre-show entertainment. Uh, oh, that is, oh, I don't think he'll do it. He'll, no way he'll do it. Um, but anyway, yes, we do have a live podcast coming up where we have a mystery palace legend joining us for Q&A on stage at the Streatham Space Project in Streatham Hill on Thursday, the 11th of November at 7.30pm. We have nearly sold out. We've got five or six tickets left, I think it is. So if you've got five mates and you want to and you're all palace fans you want to come and see a palace legend chat on on stage then uh get those tickets now they're available at eventbrite.co.uk and be quick because i'm pretty sure they're going to sell out very quickly uh so it's going to be a good night uh there indeed um speaking of sponsorship jesse we we are sponsored this week now it's not by a curry company or chilies but we are delighted to welcome back a sponsor we've had before it is of course manscaped uh the best in men's below the waist grooming now don't leave your downstairs looking like Jed Naxbeard. Keep it as smooth as AJ's head. With the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package, join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code 
FYP. Now, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, uh, Richard and I have been sent these, and uh, they're very impressive. Uh, it comes with a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents downstairs. Uh, thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology and a 4,000 LED spotlight, plus it's waterproof, so ideal for the shower in the morning. And the Performance Package 4.0 also comes with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which I can personally vouch for, and has a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system, try saying that after a few drinks, um, uh, to provide proprietary skin-safe technology, uh, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Um, Richard, when the box came, it's a big box. You get a lot of stuff in there. It's impressive stuff, and I mean, I've used these trimmers. It's really high quality. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a massive box, and I'm of a certain age where my hair stopped growing on top. It's coming out of my ears, my nose, like a, you know, a flowing stream. So I found it very useful. I'm great that it's 4,600 RPM or whatever it is, because that really helps. <laughs> it is excellent. It is excellent stuff. And do you know what? You don't just get that in the box. You also get the Crop, Pres- crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, and which both smell very nice, um, and two free gifts in the perform- Performance Package 4.0. The Manscaped Boxers, um, which I are so comfy. I actually play football in them every Monday night. They're really, really good. Really, really? nice. Okay, I might try that on my face. They're, honestly, they're really good. And there's a shed travel bag, and I basically keep all my Manscaped products in there as yeah, well. Yeah, the, the travel lovely. bag's nice. It's, it's passed through... Uh, Mrs. F, who has to agree anything that I have, and she gave it the tick, which is quite rare. It's, it's yeah. quality, yeah. Oh, listen, we would hundred percent recommend Manscaped, and if you you can get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code FYP at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off and free shipping with the code FYP at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Uh, so there we go. Um, delighted to have Manscaped back on board, and we would recommend them massively. Um, Something else to recommend, Richard, of course, is footballmine.com. Each week you give us an article from there. What's, uh, what's hot on the football mine at the moment? Well, uh, thanks for asking, Jim. Um, to, today's episode is uh, I, was, I was listening to, I was watching Liverpool Man City, and Tyler came up with the fact he, he, he said to Gary Neville, he said, Oh, have you looked at the stat pack? And I went, I know there is a stat pack, but I'd never really looked into it before. So what I did is I spoke to my editor at The Guardian. I said, shall we have a look at this? So I, you know, if it goes on the football mine, it quite often goes into The Guardian. He said, yeah, actually, I know a guy who works on the stat pack. So I contacted him. I spoke to Peter Drury, who's a lovely man and obviously a brilliant commentator. And I spoke to another guy. So I produced uh, today, will be going up Friday, uh, a lovely article about what the stat pack is, how it can be developed during the game. So, for example, Leicester, well, young Dakar, you know, when he scored his second goal against Spartak Moscow, suddenly they're all going, oh, geez, what's the quickest hat-trick in the Europa League? And then he was so quick, they couldn't find it. You know, oh, we can't check, blah, 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 blah. But do you know what? He has become, in his short space of time, Leicester's joint highest scorer in Europe. And that's the sort of thing you get from your stat pack. Wow. Just for, just from four goals in one game. <laughs> four goals in one game. Leicester haven't been in Europe. Very, I mean, it's a bit like being Palace's joint highest scorer in Europe, <laughs> who I'm not sure it is, actually. Jimmy, as a stat man, who okay. would that be? I, I complete guess, but, okay. and I'm going back to the Intertoto Cup here of 1974, mm-hmm. 73. Yeah, yeah. It's either 
uh, oh, Bobby Tambling, I think, possibly. I think he got two at the San Siro, I think, in 73 or something like that. So Bobby Tambling got two at the San Siro. Wow. I'll, I'm going to look into this. Yeah. So we could reveal it at the end of the show, who is Palace's <laughs> highest scorer in Europe. We could do. Well, Jesse, do you know? No, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. No, I know it's going to be somebody obscure, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the only Very other time we played in Europe I can think of is the Intertoto Cup against Samsung Spur in 98. And I think we both lost both games 2-0. So there's yeah. no one then. So it must be going back to the Intertoto Cup in... Was no, Anglo-Italian. In, sorry, Anglo-Italian. Intertoto. No, exactly. Anglo-Italian. Anglo-Italian. I'll, I'll get my uh, researcher onto it now. Okay. I'll, All right. You've got about half an hour. So, um, <laughs> well, anyway, interesting stuff. So check that out at thefootballmind.com. You've also got another announcement, I think, haven't you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um... So, as you know, I, I uh, wrote something called Premier League Nuggets, and it came out uh, two years ago. And obviously, a few things have happened since then. So, my publisher said, Richard, could we get a revised edition together? I said, no. He said, oh, go on, please. I said, okay, you are so nicely. So, uh, I've done a revised edition, which includes the last two seasons, which obviously weren't covered in the original book. Uh, and there are lots of bits and pieces in there. There's actually a really nice piece by... George Sefton, who is the voice of Anfield, you would know him, said, Mo Salah, that guy. So he's been doing it for 50 years. Wow. I've obviously been waiting for Liverpool to win uh, top flight since 1990. So there's quite a nice piece about him, you know, going through all the pandemic and then obviously them winning the Champions League. I, I mean, it's the Premier League. But I mean, we, don't, we can gloss over that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it's, 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 it'll be out uh, I think I believe in the shops and stores 1st of November put it in your diaries buy it fantastic so gentle don't push to... there do you get the gentle push it's very gentle yeah very about as gentle as someone oh. eating a massive chilli um, yeah. and uh, don't forget to check out the footballmind.com as well that uh, stat pad thing sounds, sounds very interesting um, I think we'll take a quick break and when we come back we're actually going to crack on with this show I forgot to mention at the top of the show we're doing our clips show part 2 so we're going to pick some of our favourite ever Palace clips and talk about them after this. Shut up, baby! Let me see where you're coming from. Shut up, baby! Let me see. Hey! We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent. The next, a chef. Or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid Technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. Welcome back to Party's Hot Pants, the FYP Nostalgia spin-off series. Uh, sponsored by Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with the code FYP at manscaped.com. Uh, 
Let's crack on with our clips. Uh, now, Jesse, last time we all chose two clips and uh, we spoke for so long, we don't have time to do our second clip. So we're going to do our second round of clips on this episode. Um, you, have cho- you have chosen multiple clips for this round. Why don't you tell us a bit about what you've chosen? I'll then, I'll tell you what, go through them and then I'll, I'll splice them in so people can hear them and tell us a little bit about why you've chosen your clips. Oh, interesting. You should ask Jim. So, I, <laughs> so obviously, when you challenged us to think of some sort of iconic or random or just interesting Palace clips, we've done so. We did the unique insight into a Pardew pre-match team tour, and that was that was great. We've covered that. So then I thought, well, that's kind of something off the pitch. Let's think of something on the pitch as well. So the first thing that popped into my head is something that I think is only going to grow in uh, sort of curiosity and um it's sort of a historical or palace heritage if you like in football is um what well, complete the sequence you've got the Cruyff turn you've got the Penenka penalty the Berbatov spin and the Ronaldo chop what comes next the Balassi flick of Balassi course flick. Of I course. mean can you name any other moves or skills named after a player no uh, what about the Delaney bash that diagonal <laughs> that always used to go into the stands. The, Dela- the Delaney diagonal. Delaney diagonal. Well, there's also the Balassi elbow on uh, on Bruno as well. But um, yes, yeah. So you know, I think Balassi has um, put his put his name down in history, really, of the sort of amazing roll call of players who've invented something on the pitch which um, doesn't get boring, no matter how many times you look at it. So this was, of course, Palace against Spurs under the Warnock reign. And I'm sure that you'll play the commentary from this. So let's just talk about the skill first. So down in the corner, I think it's Balassi sort of pegged in by Ericsson and Soldado starts to close in as well. They've obviously done the let's double up on him um, threat that we that he's kind of famous for when him and Wilf were in the team. And uh, he got himself out of, a, out of a tricky spot by rolling the boot from his right left foot onto his right boot in the blink of an eye, flicks it and sort of leaves Ericsson and the crowd gasping at what he's just done. And not only that, he does, to be fair to him, he does deliver an amazing cross back to Ledley, who then skies it promptly over the bar. Ledley should score. Ledley <laughs> should score. And then, then it would go down as one of the greatest Palace goals ever. It really would. Uh, you know, he sort of just created something brilliant. There's obviously, he's accredited it to his kind of street football roots and just something he'd play in a, he'd invented in a confined space on a basketball court come football pitch which we'll come on to. So there's, there's obviously the skill itself, which the commentary will do a kind of a good job explaining, but we'll put the the video into the tweet thread for anyone who can't find it. Just and in the, to, we'll put it in the show notes as well. We'll do that. Change of approach as well by Crystal Palace. Brilliantly done by Balassi to get away from Ericsson. And then also the next, the next, but the next part of the story, I couldn't stop there, even though that, that is an amazing... <laughs> clip in and of itself it's the warnock post-match interview where he being the pragmatic dinosaur that he is would not give balassi any more credit than he thought he deserved (laughs) even challenging challenging the uh journalists to name who their man of the match would be knowing that they'd all say balassi and he gave it he gave it to chamac i love that i think there's there's an element of Warnock where he is just a massive troll, and I think he just likes winding up journos and fans because he knew that giving it to Shamak would just 
wind people up. Um, but yeah, it's a mad... That press conference is just... It's only, what, five years ago that? Five, six years mm. ago, maybe? And you think how far we've cut. It looks so bog standard. Because Spurs would have been in their old stadium then. It, just, yeah. it looks so budget. And we've got a budget manager with a budget. Everything about it looks just a world away from where we are now. It's just... it's it's mad. I almost even... I think I'd almost forgotten that Warnock came back and was our manager a second time round. I'm so I'm sure you'll insert that his a little bit of his audio in and around where we're talking here. Um, but just complete disdain doesn't have any time of day for this world class skill that's just been attributed to one of his players. Couldn't give a damn. And to top it off, refers to him as Balazi. <laughs> yes, I've got a note of that as well. <laughs> Three times, three or four times, keeps calling him Balazi, which adds insult to injury. So, uh, that's, and that's the only person that's ever called him Balazi. I, I don't know a single Palace fan, manager, player, anyone that's called him Balazi. And I, I was convinced when I watched this interview back that this was the interview where he coined the, the often repeated phrase, um, Defenders don't know what Balas is going to do next because he doesn't know what he's going to do next. I thought that was in this interview, but I'm surprised to see that it wasn't. So I don't know when he first said that. Uh, maybe we'll give we'll give away some uh, FYP kudos points to whoever if you can un- find it. Unearth the original of that because it's been often repeated, hasn't it? Yeah, Every, by journalists and managers alike. And then just well, do find- we think? Sorry, really quick. Do we think that was actually Warnock? Do we think maybe that was someone like Ian Holloway? possibly but i i just thought it was warnock and what do you think i don't i don't know i I can imagine both of them saying it i can imagine holloway saying it definitely because Mm. holloway talks so quickly he probably says loads of stupid things which you don't catch because he just fills every sentence with a thousand words well he is known as rent a quote amongst journalists because you know you talk to him for two minutes and you've got 350 words just there holloway Yeah. yeah Yeah. And Warnock was quite quotable as well. Did you see that bit where he was doing some sort of impression the other day? It, it was an impression of Forrest Gump. That's it. He said, my, t- <laughs> he said, my team is like a box of chocolates. That's it, yeah. You never know what you're going to get. But he did it in the Forrest Gump accent. It is appallingly bad. It's so awful. Oh, it's awful. My favourite Holloway nugget that I ever remember him saying, I can't remember which player, it was either... Did he manage to wrap at QPR? Possibly, yeah. yeah. Uh, potentially, yeah. If, I think it might have been him, if not maybe Charlie Adam for Blackpool. But he said he's got the vision of an owl on a carrot-only diet. <laughs> what, what does what that does even that mean? mean? <laughs> well, obviously, because carrots are supposed to be good for your eyesight and owls already have great eyesight. Oh, uh, okay, right. <laughs> it wow. was fueling the eyesight. It's just Jeez. an absolute eyesight OD. Uh, yeah, I'd love to find that clip because that always stayed with me for some reason. That's probably the most complete performance, although Liverpool, we scored the goals against them um, in the home one. But today, you could, you know, I could tell in the dressing room it was the right thing today. We, we wanted, you know, we were focused and we knew what we were doing. And yet we wanted to attack him. I thought, I thought, it, I thought the game was there to be won today. And we, want, we wanted to start on a positive. And I thought we did. I thought we started on a positive note. Um... I thought the back lads were, were, were very, very well, you know, disciplined. I thought the three in midfield were fantastic. I mean, 
the ground they covered. Balazi, uh, what can you say about Balazi? But Wilfred, you know, has never worked as hard either. So I was pleased with both them lads. And man of the match for me was Chamak. I thought he was covered every blade of grass. And uh, you know, Jason carries on when he's offside when Chamak had been through. It's you know, there's so many disappointing things today. You no, know, Leds could have had probably a hat trick. Uh, he's, he's played. A, he's made some fantastic saves. The goal. He's, you know, you've got to take your hat off to the goalkeeper. He's fantastic saves. Um, and, and so it is frustrating. But you know, we don't just. You just got to um, believe in yourselves. And the, the lads do. You can see that. You know, we, we we know we're limited in certain areas, but I can't fault them today. I thought they were fantastic. Really. You say about. You're man of the match. I'm just a bit like. Just no, well, you probably you wouldn't as a man. You wouldn't as a journalist no, I thought, give Chamak to give it Balazi, wouldn't you? Well, I would do, yes. <laughs> yeah. But I see what Chamak does for the whole team, mate, and uh, I thought he was outstanding today. So it's a manager's man of the match. Are you You're with me? You're the manager. I'm just a humble. Yeah. So, so it's one of them. But, uh, um, I would have called you another word. <laughs> Okay, but I probably get fined. A lot of it seemed to go down the left early on. Was yeah. that sort of concerted effort? Did you think the Tottenham weakened on that side? Not really, but when they when they beat Everton, they were very strong down the left. So we decided, you know, that it would start off on the left. You know, try and, mm-hmm. and uh, get Balazi on that side, and, and well, I thought we were quite strong on there. But then it opened up, didn't it? Really, and uh, Wilfred had, you know, I mean, there were two, two or three. Bits of skill today that you'd never see in, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, would you? Yannick's first, and then Wilfred's stepping, you know, for, both from the similar position. I'm sure you'll watch them today, because I couldn't actually see how they did it, even when I watched it back. It's a fantastic skill, and all the young lads there today will have will have gone away, you know, talking about that, really. But yeah, so we've, so we've got, we've got, we've got this, we've got the world-class skill, we've got the despondent, reluctant praise from the manager in the post-match conference. And then just to kind of rubber stamp this moment and kind of its significance, I think Palace TV went and asked Balassi to kind of demo how he does it or how he did it. So there is a Chris Grissom interview, which we can also link to somewhere. It's on Palace's YouTube, I think. Yeah. It shows you how, that shows him explaining to Grissom how he did it step by step. So I think this is a moment, a huge moment, and it will be. We're not going to tire of seeing it, and we will see it forevermore. Um, Balassi joining a select group of world-class players with a skill to his name. I'm here with the man of the moment, Yannick Balassi. Uh, Yannick, lovely bit of skill against Spurs last weekend. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people have watched the replay of it really closely and still can't work out how you did it. Can you talk us through it? Well, there's there's three steps. It's uh, first of all, it's a. Uh, Roll, drag, and flick. So, have you got a name for the move? The I think it's, sort of, it's got to be the Balassi. Yeah. Which foot? Left foot, right foot. No one hasn't done it, and that's the first time a lot of people have seen it. Have so you got any more tricks up your sleeve? Got a couple, but I've got to save them. <laughs> and then get the shout again I don't know what I'm doing there's so many things to pick out from this I mean firstly the fact that you're right he's the only Palace player I can think of that's got a skill named after him which is again I'm talking about sort of how far we've come in the last you know eight nine years 
that is something that would only be reserved for the world's best players or something you'd see on FIFA. Like it's just not something you'd ever associate with a Crystal Palace player that they got one that they would do a skill this outlandish in a Premier League game and it come off, but also that they would have a skill named after them. It, it, for me, it does signify actually sort of how far it's one of the many examples of how far we sort of come as a club. Um, so that is just mad, but just the skill itself, like it's just it's so simple and yet so effective. And I remember it, I do remember it happening. I think we drew a nil-nil. I think no, it wasn't the game that punched and missed the penalty, was it Spurs? That was, I think that was the previous No, season. we lost that one, didn't we? We lost, okay. But um yeah, it was just it was mind-blowing at the time watching it. I'm thinking, this is a Crystal Palace player. It's just yeah, it's absolutely mind-blowing. And you're right, it is not something we'll ever, ever get tired of watching. Um, even though it's a shame. I, I think we've almost forgotten about Yannick Balassi a bit. He was so integral to Palace. I don't know if it's because of the way he left at Everton or what, but he's just, I don't know, it's almost like, I guess this is his legacy, isn't it? But The only know. man to score a hat-trick for Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Yeah, I think Yannick actually plays a much, much bigger part in our history maybe than People remember or give him credit for. Yeah, and well, I like the fact he's still connected to the club because you, you see him on Twitter and he's always on it. And, you know, he's he's clearly still wedded to the club. I, I, quite frankly, there's no chance of him coming back because some people talk about a return. And I think he's gone. I think, you know, his injuries have affected him and he's not a, a young man. But he's such a infectious and bubbly character. You, you just want to hug him, don't you? I think he also occupied quite a unique dynamic with Zaha because they both were at the same level in some ways. Yeah, okay, Zaha, Zaha, obviously that little bit more prestigious a player and the local player that's come through the ranks. So he he would always be untouchable in that sense. But they were the kind they both came took us up from championship to Premier League level together. Mm. Um and with the perfect foil, swapped wings, were always kind of occupying defenders which freed up the other one and, and so yeah. on. I never felt like Zaha would ever mentally put himself too far above Balassie. And they know there's huge mutual respect between them. Now we've got the Eze's and the Elise's, but they're definitely, they're definitely the next generation. So they're definitely in Will's shadow and there's a pecking, yeah. pecking order, order there that doesn't quite replicate and never will replicate the Balassie Zaha dynamic. So there's something so special about those two being in the same side together and spurring each other on. I remember when Balassie first joined, they were, trying to outdo each other in all the training drills and everything. So he's, he just occupies a really unique memory in, in our sort of palace nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, Wilf has definitely changed as a player, I think, since that time. And he's obviously matured into more of an out-and-out striker at times. But he he hasn't had a Balassi or someone like a Balassi since. And it's only really now, as you say, with Eze and Lise, although they are obviously sort of up and coming and still got time to develop. He just hasn't had a Yannick since then to really help him blossom, I guess. I don't know. It's been, again, it just makes me think that Yannick is actually so much more important than, yeah. than I can even remember, which is mad because at the time, you're right at the time in the championship. In fact, even when Balassi left to go to Everton, I think possibly the better player at times. And I don't know if that's re- re- reflected in the fee, but. Well, I always remember feeling excited when Townsend joined because we actually had all three of them on our books at that point and your natural thought was 
that's great competition for places. Only two of those three can play every week. So it's going to, they really have to stay on their game to make the team sheet. And then obviously because we'd signed Townsend, we felt, and the bid from Everton was so attractive, Balassi moved on before you knew it. And then Townsend took Balassi's shirt, didn't he? Mm. So, um, yeah, it was always a shame that we didn't kind of get to see that competition for places from those three at the same time. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you want to know a random fact about Yannick Balassi that I found out when I did that Amazon Prime game show thing with him a couple of months ago? Go on. You know everyone calls him Yala, or his nickname mm-hmm. is Yala. Yala is his actual name. Not Yannick. Yala is his name. Or, or it's, it's, either Yala, it's either Yala Yannick or Yannick Yala or something like that. Oh, I'm I see. Not, He's sure. got a middle name. But yeah, Yala is his actual name. So there you oh. go. I don't know if anyone cares about that information, but that, wow. it, it made me that interested. That is a time. nugget, Jim. That that's a, that's a, a nugget, isn't it? It's a palace yeah, nugget. Yeah. It qualifies as a nugget. <laughs> um, the, to see what the bit I liked in the Falassi video at the end where he's explaining to Griot. Firstly, he does that classic footballer thing of making something really complicated look incredibly easy. And he, he can't really describe how he does it because he's just like, well, I just... I just do it. Yeah. I just do it like this. And you're like, it's ridiculously difficult. How do you do that? So like, oh, I just, I just do it. But even he brought up in that video at the end, Jesse, the, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing thing. It sort of says at the end, oh, I doesn't, oh, bless he doesn't know what he's doing. So he was clearly aware of managers, fans, pandits saying that and clearly didn't agree. Yeah. I think he was kind of just also just emphasizing it's, it's instinct, you know, it's, I've seen, Van Anholt talked similarly about the sort of confined spaces he used to play in uh, as a kid. And it, you just build up a little, a kind of little repertoire, don't you, of things that get you out of tight spots. And maybe that one just came to him in that moment. His body was facing the right way and the opposition player was in the right spot and he, he saw that he could, he could make it work. I don't really, you don't think too much. You don't have time to think. So you are definitely relying on what you've got in your locker, as they say. Yeah, I don't think Richard. I don't think he ever did it again, did he? No, he did that thing, didn't he? A couple of times against Liverpool, where he stroked the oh, I love turf. That. Yeah, and they, they were just looking at him, going, "What are you doing?" But he was past them, and going, um, "Where did he go?" Um, I can't remember him doing the Balassi flick again. So, it, in a way, it's brilliant because there's just a one-off, and it was so extraordinary. It's almost like you cannot. That is the definition of unique. You can't do that again because you probably won't get the opportunity and you probably won't be able to perfect it as you did. So there it is in the corner with, as you say, Ericsson closing him down. I think Ledley was so surprised at what he'd seen. He just couldn't put it in. He just thought, oh, my God, what's he done? He has to score that. He has to score. Mm. What's the, in all your uh, Palace watching years, what? move would you say is the closest Zaha's done to having a move oh, well I, actually as you were saying at the, the top of the sort of uh, the different names that people have, have had it's mad really that, that Wilf hasn't doesn't have one or hasn't done one and I don't know if that's just because Wilf does sort of regular skills very well he loves that little one which is sort of like a Danielson but he also rolls it with his foot rolls it and does a little sort of half Danielson step over thing. Yeah. He loves that one. If you look at the goal against Watford the Macca goal against Watford he does that a couple of times to bamboozle two or three men at the same time. But I think I think Wilf's ability is that he does all these tricks and stuff but about 100 miles an hour. The speed that mm-hmm. he does his, his skills at is absolutely insane and that's what bamboozles defenders. Rather than 
Balassi was almost more of a showman. Balassi's tricks are for show. Like that, the one against Spurs, it guts him out of the corner, definitely. But he could have done any skill to get out of that corner. And the one against Liverpool to sweep. I mean, yeah. that is complete showmanship, isn't it? To, to fool. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's like it's like he could have a top hat on and tails at the time. Like it's complete showmanship. Whereas Wilf, Wilf's skills are, to, are not that Yannick's aren't, but Wilf's are spur of the moment to beat a man and they're so quick. They're part of his whole fluidity. Yeah, he hasn't got a signature yeah. move, but he does lots of tricks, and fl- you know, that are all, they're sort of, almost merge into one, don't they? And I, I have a similar view on Eze, who you say, you know, is maybe inheriting the lass's crown. And he's got that way of beating players that you just think he's, he's not even trying. And he just, he drifts, past, he just goes past them and they just go, oh, he's, he's past me. And um, do you want a quick uh, update on Eze? Um, yes. I didn't know there was one coming, but yeah. Here you go. Uh, so my son does sports rehab at Nottingham Uni and one of his mates uh, does sports rehab down in London. And he said he was helping uh, watch as a doing his sports rehabilitation. He said he is one of the funniest people he's ever met one and B so competitive, you know, so when they say, right, um, you need to do this in seven seconds, then what's the best time anyone's ever done it? Six. Like he said, I'll do it in five. And he just everything he needs to be the number one. Wow. But he's quite close, apparently. He is really close to coming back. Fantastic. Great update. You just don't get that on other podcasts. Fantastic <laughs> insight. Um, yeah, but I think... Thank you, thank you to Tris in Nottingham, by the way, for that information. That's lovely. Um, but I think that high-level sports people are insanely competitive, and that's how they reach the heights they do, and probably how they recover quickly from injuries, because they... Yeah, but he comes back and so laid back, doesn't he? I mean, he, he, he obviously is a nice guy. You know, you, you see him in those videos and he's always sort of got a big smile and he's chatting away. But that ultra-competitive, as you say, you have to be that competitive to get to high-level sport. But um, it's just interesting that he has this driven part of him that you don't necessarily see at the, you know, from the surface. Do you think, Jesse, that we'll ever see an Eze skill that becomes a... Becomes. Do you think he's got that in his locker to, to do his own version of a Balassi flick? You'd like to think so. I mean, what he doesn't have much else to do the the last six or eight months. I like to think. <laughs> I like to think he's been sketching it out on a notepad. <laughs> and also, the rumor is apparently he's been eating Scotch bonnets without <laughs> without drinking any milk. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Right, I think him or Elise are working on a move like the Elise Chili. Is uh, <laughs> it, it's in the works? Unconfirmed reports. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. Ve- I'm so excited about seeing Elise and Eze back. I just can't. I think Elise looks almost gone under the radar actually this season. He looks like he's got so much ability, and again, so casual. I think they're yeah. going to be absolute stars. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, we should take a break. Actually, that, that was a really nice little deep dive into the Yannick skill there, and it has made me miss Yannick quite a lot actually. And when I did that Amazon show with him. He loves Palace. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. He was he was actually at the time desperate to come back, and it obviously didn't work out. And I think he was, but he was saying to me like, "Should I, you know, oh, what do the fans say and stuff?" I think, he, I think he genuinely really cares about the club and cares about the fans. And you see that, as you say, Richard, with his social media activity as well. So he's a lovely, lovely guy, and he, he'll always be welcome back at, at Palace. And on this podcast, I might see if we can get him on the podcast at some point. I think he'd you be, should do. You should. I yeah. think he'd be fun. Yeah, definitely. He should yeah. come on to Pardew's hot pants. He'd yeah. love it. And he'll talk us through the flick and talk us through his memories on the 
yeah. on uh, uh, at Palace. I, I like the way he talks in the When Eagles Dare um, series. I think he just really just... Yeah. And Zaha too. They both talk in a way I've never seen them sort of just really reminisce with a lot of sort of warm sort of nostalgia and... Uh, yeah, fondness for the club. Yeah. Is clear, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Well, they must be fans of this podcast then. Um, let's take a break there. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll come back with Richard's clip. Shut up, baby! Let me see where you're coming from. Shut up, baby! Let me see. Hey! We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to Hardy's Hot Pants, um, the nostalgic spin-off series from the FYP podcast. We are doing a clip show, picking some of our favourite clips. Before, Richard, you pick your clip for this episode, I believe you have an update. I do. Uh, hot news from Europe is that our highest scorer in Europe was Bobby Tambling. Yes! Yes! Daly nails it. He scored three of our four goals. Wow. In the Anglo Italian Cup, we beat Inter Milan away. We beat, I'll, I'll repeat that. We beat Inter Milan away. And apparently they've been undefeated at San Siro for 20 odd games. We go out there, boop, boop, bosh, Bobby Tambling. Uh, the only other goal we scored in Europe, because as you rightly pointed out, we didn't score when we were in the um, Inter Toto, Samson Sport, lost 2 0 both times. Alan Birchnell. Is this um, Anglo Italian again? Yeah, that, that 1971. So those are our only European ventures. So if someone could score four goals when we're next in Europe, they will become our highest scorer. Well, who Two knows? And time. Alan Virginal is the uncle, isn't he, of... Oh, oh am I getting confused with someone else? I swear he's the uncle of another, of another footballer. Uh, that sounds like a very general claim, <laughs> which no one could possibly. I'm on his Wikipedia. Still does stuff at Leicester. He's a sort oh, of okay. promo guy at Leicester. There you go. Um, I'm delighted that I mean, Celsius would be so proud of me that I got that I got that right. Um, let's move on to your and, and you then. can't say that that often, can you? Celsius <laughs> would be very proud of me. <laughs> I wish I wish I could more often. Um, come on, then. What's your clip then for this? Well. You know I'm quite keen on the playoffs, don't you? You've mentioned it a few times. 
Good God, I've written a book about it as well. No, hang on a minute. No, so the playoffs have been a very important part of Palace's history over the last 30 years. Uh, as Kevin Day will point out to you, whenever you see him, Palace are the only team to have ever been promoted from the playoffs in four different decades. What a stat. What a... 80s, 90s, 2020s, 2010s. Okay, so no one's going to beat that. And also at four different stadiums. Selhurst Park, Old Wembley, Millennium Stadium, New Wembley. Four what? Great stat. What we hope is that we don't add the 2020s to that. We've got nine years to go. Yeah, <laughs> we no, could. We could I, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. But, you know, it'd be nice to get the fifth one. Yeah, we're the only team to have ever gone up to four times to the top division. So, anyway, if I could, if you could cast your mind back, I know it's difficult, to 2003, 2004, when we were in a bit of trouble, if you remember. We were hovering just above the relegation zone when they decided uh, that they would bring Ian Dowie in to rescue us. And as that moment, he, he, was, he was appointed in December, late December, came through the Foster letterbox, was an invite to a wedding on Saturday, 29th of May, which it was a family wedding through my wife's side. And I said, yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Why would I even ever think there would be a clash with anything when we were 20th and we'd lost 4-1 at Preston and looked like the only way we were going to get out of that division was going down rather than up. So then Ian comes in, turns us into potential playoff contenders. So in April, I did have a little chat with my wife and I said, you know that wedding that we're going to? She said, yeah, the one where our son is the page boy and our daughters are bridesmaids. Yeah, that's the one. There's no chance I said, no, are you sure? Because it's 120 miles from Winchester to Cardiff. I could be there in two hours and then back. She said, the wedding is at three o'clock. I said, oh, God, that's exactly the same time the game's kicking off. But I just thought, I'll just throw it in there. And, of course, then we go and bloody qualify for the playoffs. Then we go and beat Sunderland and do that ridiculous thing where we can win on penalties and power scores the last minute. Anyway. So we get to this point at where I'm going, but I've been to every playoff game ever since it started. I can't, I won't. Uh, I had actually written the book at this stage. Um, and it was absolutely no chance whatsoever, ever, ever. So anyway, take you forward to Saturday, 29th of May, where you'll see the clip of that famous day in Cardiff. I was 121.4 miles away because I checked it out. In Winchester. So we did a little recce. So we went down the day before and I started going around all the pubs saying, uh, do you have Sky Sports? I might as well gone in and said, do you want to be president of Slovenia? They had no idea what Sky Sports was. They don't know what football is in Hampshire, apparently. So anyway, in the end, I tracked down a sports club and they said, yep, we'll be showing it. I said, great, okay, ideal. So, wedding kicks off at three. We kick off at three. I've got an earpiece in. <laughs> oh, no, it's like a sitcom. I've got an earpiece. I've got my son with me who's not, you know, he's only three, all dressed up as a page boy. And I keep prodding him and saying, do something, and then we can go outside. But he didn't really get it because he was only three. Um, 
so we get to the end of the ceremony, 3.45, okay? So first half over, nil all, on the old thing. And then I looked at my wife and I went, come on, please. And she went, oh, okay, because you'd just be annoying. Into the car, flying through the country roads of Hampshire. Of course, bloody Shipperley scores. I celebrate, take the hands off the wheel, nearly end up in a ditch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pull the car. Then 10 minutes later, I get to this sports club I'd identified. And there's this guy on the stairs. As I'm, I'm sort of running in, in full wedding gear, by the way, in full wedding gear. I say, is the football on? He said, yeah, we're losing 1-0. I'm saying, <laughs> we're losing 1-0. Go into this place in the middle of Hampshire, all West Ham fans. I, literally, you could not move but for West Ham fans. So there I am, dressed up in my penguin suit, standing at the bar with a Guinness, smiling a little bit, and then just thinking, oh, this is going to be quite awkward, awful, you know, the last 10 minutes, oh, God. So when we win, I walk out of the bar onto a sort of fire exit and let out a massive primal scream. And then I walk back in the bar and I've got 20 sets of beady eyes on me and they say, are you a Palace fan? Uh, and I said, do I look like a Palace fan in a penguin suit? And they went, yeah. So they said, you'll come straight back down, which was actually quite a good prediction. Then raced back to the wedding and there I was, and that was my experience of the 2004 Cup final. Mind you, the marriage lasted about as long as we did in the Premier League. Oh, God. About a year. Oh, and no. I, I, I blame them for that entirely. So anyway, that was, that was my experience of the 2004 playoff final. Vicariously. <laughs> okay. oh, wow. Uh, let's drop in the actual highlights from the game uh, while Richard recomposes himself. Yeah. Andrew Johnson, more than capable of scoring, and he very nearly did, and Neil Shipperley has, and Crystal Palace score first in the first division playoff final. Crystal Palace are in the Premiership, it's no longer a dream, it's reality in the space of just five months. Uh, okay, so I've got many questions uh, regarding Go at what point in the season did you start to think, oh, sugar? April, sort of around Easter when we were sort of in the top 10, vaguely. And, you know, because we were on such a roll, that was the time I thought this could become awkward. Uh, I remember when I got married, Jesse. Uh, it was 2018, so there was no um, playoff threats or anything like that. But we purposely did it on a weekend that wasn't a football weekend. It was May 20th, so it was actually in between Premier League and whatever, playoffs yeah. and stuff. I thought World Cup as well. I think it ended earlier because of the World Cup that year. I do think anyone that has a wedding on a football weekend probably needs to be reassessed as a friend. Well, um this is a family thing, so I didn't have much choice. And remember, they're Scottish, so they've got absolutely no idea about football whatsoever. They don't have, you know, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a football. Um, so I blame them entirely. Nearly all my relatives don't like football, and also they probably don't like me very much. So they all bloody watch rugby and rubbish like that. So 
I'm pretty much the only person in this group, and there's probably, you know, my, my, my wife's got two sisters and a brother. There's just nothing there. They've got no idea. And amazingly, now I find out a relative is getting married, so it's my uh, sister-in-law's daughter. She's thinking of doing it in May. I mean, do you not learn? I mean, we're obviously not going to be in the playoffs final. It would be impossible. But we might be going for Europe on the last day of the season. <laughs> I'm going to be in bloody Scotland at another wedding. Ridiculous. Jesse, have you ever, have you ever missed a Palace game for a wedding? No, but my, my good mate Ed, the day of the survival Sunday at Hillsborough, he couldn't come because he had to go to a wedding in Brighton that oh, day. that hurts. Yeah, so they, you don't forget those, you know, people, those big moments if you're at a wedding. I mean, I've seen this, seen this era many times. I mean, do you know what it's worse? It's if your wedding clashes with the Champions League final because that's a Saturday evening. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you know, that's when people really should be all together on the dance floor, the speeches. But people are kind of peeling off into they've they've had a few and they've got their phones out watching yeah. it. So you want to avoid that. Myself, I proposed uh, the week after we won the playoff final. Was that because of the fact we won the playoff final? No, it was all planned. Because <laughs> we it was our first date was on like the thirtieth or thirty first of May. So I thought that'd be a good day to get engaged. And it was the day we got married as well, a year later. Top tip, get, put all those, have all those on the same day. You're going to less likely to forget, forget it. Anniversaries. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, I've, I've done yeah. very well because my mother-in-law's birthday is the same day as our wedding. So I don't forget it. On the same day in the, in the close season, yeah. top tip for a happy can, life. Can I give you something? Another anniversary on May 31st, you might want to remember, is uh, my birthday. So just, you know, just to add in. I'm just writing it into my diary. There we yeah. go. It's a good day. It's a great day. It's a great day. Yeah. Um, I'm actually missing a Palace game this season because of a wedding. Oh, are you? Just remembered what, the Watford game on the 18th of December. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're going to that. The, yeah, the away game, yeah. Yeah, which is obviously like ideal for me. It's like 20 minutes from my house. Couldn't be closer, yeah. Uh, two of Miranda's friends are getting married, so I can't make it. They're two really nice people. and I so No I'll, chance splitting them up before the wedding, <laughs> no? <laughs> no. It's actually the third time they tried to get married. They've tried to get married a few times during the pandemic and it's been put off. And stuff, okay. So. Um, I do like them a lot. And in fact, the groom is a football fan. So um, He's not much of a football fan as if he does it in December. What, who's he support? I think he's a Spurs fan. Yeah, well, there you go. He's not really. But he also has his business. His business works at Dulwich Hamlets. He's got a Dulwich Hamlet season ticket. So I've been... Oh, okay. I, I went to the friendly that Palace played there a couple of years ago when the, the goalkeeper's car got towed during the first half. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was a fun day out with... Yeah, with Sean. Brilliant. But yeah... yeah. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things, isn't it? I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you got to roll with the breaks. You, you but, made... but my advice is don't get married to a Scottish person. <laughs> oh my god, you've alienated, right? You've alienated the people of Hampshire and the people of Scotland so far in this section. Okay, we've got still quite a lot of the country to go. There's only five and a half million people in Scotland. I mean, they're just you know they're revolting, literally. <laughs> my uh, my uh, my my friend, my aforementioned friend Ed, he was my best man at my wedding. I always remember in his speech, he'd got married a year or two earlier. So he said, "My advice uh, is you have to look at marriage a bit like being a Palace fan." At which point, my brother-in-law, who's a Liverpool fan, shouted, "Shit!" <laughs> <laughs> which made everyone laugh. 
<laughs> uh, and then obviously I can't remember his exact words, but Ed went on to kind of compare the ups and downs of uh, the unknowns of being a Palace fan, <laughs> helping you get through the meandering uh, path of being married. But um, Richard, to be honest, you didn't miss much because if you'd had tried to drive, you would have hit all that awful traffic on the M4 that I hit. Yes. No, I gathered because my, my brother went to it and he said it was just mayhem. Was, yeah, that, all, got... was that all the West Ham fans in limos? Yeah, I, I saw a broken down limo on the side of the road full of West Ham fans, which was a memory that stayed with me. Yeah. Well, we didn't get to our seats until at least 15, 20 minutes into the first half. We had oh, to, right. Okay. We had yeah, to do yeah. that park and ride thing in a random field and oh, God. finally got to the stadium. I had my arm in plaster because I just had a, an elbow operation at Mayday. So I was, you know, my arm was not in the best shape, but I had to go. Mm. And we were, we were set up in the gods. But, um, you know, it was quite a unique day out for all, all the obvious reasons. Yes. Yeah, I, I almost don't want to talk about the match too much. So I don't want to bring up more sort of trigger any more memories for Richard. Traumatic memories. No, no, but, no. Um, no. I, it, I, it, yeah, I've got post-traumatic stress disorder about this, so please don't let go any further. It was, but it was just, a, it was just a weirdly, it was. I, I sort of knew Palace were going to win. There was such a vibe of like this is West Ham's day and West Ham's year yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And you just sort of knew being a Palace fan, those are the days you like to upset sometimes. And and it was also because of Pardew, you know, being yeah, the West Ham manager yeah. and Dowie being an ex-West Ham player as well as an ex-Palace. And just winning the playoff meant the end of that story because already people have been saying, what a great season. It was just the cherry on top. So you sort of just knew it was going to happen after that. And then you run. knew that bounce-back ability would go into the English Dictionary. Mad. We could do a whole episode on Ian Dowie, couldn't we? Ooh. I have his number as well. I might be trying to get him on the podcast. Life um, is going to get quite busy around your house. I'm glad you're building an extension. <laughs> uh, yeah, could we? maybe next time we do a clip... Maybe next time we could do the bounce back ability clip actually, and we could talk about Dowie. But um, yeah, well, listen, Richard, thank you for sharing that story. It almost okay. feels quite therapeutic, actually. To well, quite cathartic. Of, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling freer now. Unfortunately, my wife said she's now divorcing me. But <laughs> hey, you know, okay. then's the breaks. In part three, we're going to have my clip. Hopefully, Richard won't alienate uh, another section of uh, the British public. But who knows? Mm. We'll see. Join us after this break, and we'll find out. Shut up, baby. Let me see where you're coming from. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. 
Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to Pod Your Pop Pants, the nostalgic spin-off from the FYP podcast. Uh, sponsored by Manscaped, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FYP at manscaped.com. It's time for my clip. Um, I've got another playoff final clip, yes! Richard. <laughs> Here we go. Is, um, is this, is this a- ecstasy or agony? It's ecstasy. Great. It's ecstasy. This is, I mean, as Palace performances and playoff finals tend to be, really, we are pretty good at playoffs. Um, this is from the 2013 playoff final against Watford. Last time we were in a playoff final. Last time we were in the second tier of English football. And this is Kevin Phillips' extra time penalty. Uh, and there's a, quite a few of these videos chosen uh, out there available. This is a video from the Watford end uh, of yeah, Kevin Phillips scoring great. and the roar from the Palace fans as a result. What I love about this video is was multiple things. One, a Watford fan's taken it. Two, a Watford fan has uploaded it afterwards. It's the same to the um, the for fuck's sake Murray video from a couple of years yeah. ago. Fine if it happens. Like take the video you're trying to whatever. Don't upload it. I just don't yeah, understand the mentality of then uploading it because <laughs> you're inviting I don't know whatever um, pressure on yourself. Um, the best bit about it is, and there's there's quite a few videos like this. The raw from the Palace end. There's something about the what where this Watford fan is placed, that the audio means that when you hear that roar going from the way, it is spine tingling. It is just, you know, 30,000, 40,000 Palace fans in absolute ecstasy. Because again, mm-hmm. you know, we sort of tum- stumbled into the playoffs really that season. But it, it, again, it, again, sort of underdogs because Watford, again, people thought, you know, Zola's Watford and that they were going to go up again. It was a bit like 2004 again with Pardew and West Ham. Yeah, but just it was, it and was also the semi final. Remember the incredible semi final, but they'd also had an incredible semi final with the 20 no, that's what I'm goal. saying. Oh, right, that's yeah. why we thought it's written in the gods at Watford because that you know, when knockout misses the penalty and 25 seconds later, Deeney puts it in. Yeah, although our, our semi was obviously pretty spectacular as well, you know, beating Brighton True. as well. But True. the roar is just something that will stay with me forever. It was such a it was such a moment of ecstasy and relief at the same time, I think. Even though, if, if you wanted any Palace striker in the last 30 years to take that penalty, it probably would be Phillips. And, and the bit in the Eagles Dare documentary where he says, I just, I just, I've never felt more calm in my entire life. It's just amazing. And actually, he was the perfect person to take it at that time. And the fact his path crossed with us, he was only up with us for a year or less than that. The fact mm. his path crossed with us to be there to take that penalty was just sort of absolute perfection, really. But yeah, the roar is just just something else. And then <laughs> it's it's topped off by, 
and this is one of my favourite things in football, a middle-aged Watford fan in a shirt that's definitely too tight for him, standing up and giving 40,000 Palace fans that hand gesture, which you see so often in football, and I don't understand it because what, there's, what, what are you doing? What's the point? No one can see you. No one cares, especially in that moment. Um, it's like you see it a lot when players score goals at the home end and then they go and celebrate and fans are giving them the really sorry. And you think, well, mm. that, 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 that just adds to the players' you know, euphoria in that moment. What, what on earth are you doing? You're only going to be caught on match the day in slow motion looking like an absolute wally. So, yeah, it's just, I think I picked this clip as well, um, Jesse, because it just reminds me of a fant- just a fantastic day as well. And really one of the most important days in Palace's history when you think about where we are now. Well, it's quite weird when you look back at the, uh, the lineups because Murray got injured in the, the playoff first leg. Yeah. And then Phillips was from the bench for the next two games. And you would have just thought, looking back, surely Phillips started at least the semi or, or the... And we know, we know he didn't start the final because he was the infamous sub, but didn't even start... The, I don't even know if he came on in the Brighton return semi. I don't think he did. No, but well, because I think he was coming back from injury, wasn't he? He wasn't quite all there. Otherwise, he would have started ahead of Wilbraham, you would have thought. Um, but at, at the same time, you've got to think Holloway only signed Phillips to be that super sub, to pull it out yeah. of the... When we, do you remember we played Watford and we drew 2-2? Two, two, we came back from 2-0 down. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Phillips he scored. Did he score both? Or no, Rambo scored the first one. Yeah, and Johnny Williams was outstanding that game. Um, but didn't Phillips come on as a sub in that game? Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that, did. Yeah, I think that's just the way Holloway always intended to use him, mindful of his age, because he was knocking on the door of 40, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean... It's got to be doubly gutting for what for, for it to be Phillips that did that to them. But um, he was an absolute pro, Phillips, wasn't he? He was just such a pro. And I think he really loved that kind of swan song he had for us and scoring that goal. I remember watching it. I was directly in line with it at the other end of the stadium. And just, I was so stunned after that game. We were all, there was about a bunch, five or six of us, just completely stunned. At what had just happened because it just didn't ever seem real, did it? No, I don't even think the first game of the season against Spurs, it, I could still believe we'd been promoted. Yeah, I, I was in Morocco, but that's another story. <laughs> at at not, a wedding, I'm, yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a family holiday. Jesus, I'm married to a Scot and she keeps doing this to me. And, I, uh, and I'm going to talk to you about Morocco. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to alienate Moroccans. Shemak. Well, we've actually come up to Shemak here from the from the first clip. <laughs> but I remember very clearly com- coming out of when, as you say, I've never been so sure. I, I would Kevin Phillips is the person I put my life on to score a penalty because he's just that sort of striker. And I remember we were coming out of the ground. I was with my son, and there was a massive queue to get out. It was just difficult to get out because too many people all at the same time, and some wag shouts at the back. See. Hurry up, we'll be relegated by the time we get out of here. Because <laughs> everyone thought, another spell in the Premier League, another one season, and off we go again. And look at us, eight seasons later, we seem to still be here. Yeah, it's, yeah and even that first season was a real roller coaster of Holloway leaving and Pulis yeah. coming in and the 30 players signed on deadline day. And just, like, that was a real, we didn't really, we shouldn't really have stayed up that season. I never thought we were going to stay up. Actually, towards the Sort of when Pulis started churning out those results, I remember beating Villa 
it was only one nil or something because we didn't very rarely score more than one goal. But it just felt like, oh, we can actually do this. Every well, every game was one nil that season, and nearly always punching punch yeah. that got the goal as well, who was mm. fantastic for us. But yeah, that it all comes back. Everything we're doing now, everything you know, the fact that we've got uh, you know Eze and, and Elisa and, and Vieira and this new era and the academy is is being built, which looks fantastic, by the way, and everything that we're doing at the moment comes down to that Phillips penalty. Basically. Yep. That is the moment that's that is why we are here, and it's just it's such a huge moment. And it's just, with a lot of things in football, like, obviously it helps being in the Premier League because everything's documented, but a lot of it is, is, is memories, memories of random moments in games that you were there with. But this moment, it is there, it's documented, it's on YouTube, and you can relive yeah. it again. And that's the beauty of this clip, is we can keep reliving this KP penalty over and over again. And I don't know if I've heard, possibly, the punch and goal at the FA Cup final, although I try not to go back to that moment because obviously that was not a great day for us, but... I don't think I've heard a roar, Jesse, that's related to a Palace goal like that since. Possibly just the punching at Wembley in the FA Cup. That's that's the only one that came close to it. But um, obviously that didn't end how we wanted it to. Um, oh, it's just it just all feels so bizarre now, doesn't it? Just and as a little bonus, what is that? Eight or nine years ago now. Yep. Just. Zaha's been in Watford's heads ever since. Yeah, from that from that game, it is from that. Ga- it's all from that penalty because they think ridiculously. Yeah. They think that he went over too easily, even though it was that is absolute... the clearest penalty yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, if you, you seriously think that he died for that, the guy just chopped him down. Yeah, and Atkinson is not our favourite ref. I mean, even he couldn't deny us a penalty there. Well, you if can you see, see if, you, if you want to look at diving, look at Pepe the other night. How did he get away with that? How did he get away with it? It was such a blatant dive, but oh no, let's talk about McCarthy well, and Saka up the. I still, well, that was that was that was quite a bad challenge. <laughs> Pretty bad, um, but he's very nice and he's Scottish. We love Scots. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you, to, you're trying yeah. to get them back. Okay, um, it's Cassetti. I think was the name of the Watford player. Yeah, that, that was sort of guy, stuck yeah. with me for a while. Even he looks guilty as hell once oh, the penalty yeah. is given. Totally. So um, it is mad and. Yeah, my memory of the day is I got a photo actually from the event. I was sat with Andy and his brother and his sister and Neil the Fish and then I think possibly Rob. And I've got a picture of just before the penalty. We're all we're all sort of hands in hands in face like this, and Neil is turned the, the other way around. We were right at the back of the stand on the lower bit, right at the back, mm. and he stood against the sort of corrugated iron. Can't watch, just like looking away from it. That's how much that moment meant to him. Is he true of any penalty or just really tense? Oh, he might do that. I don't know. He might. I don't know if he does that for other penalties, but I just remember that moment being particularly sort of tense. Um, But also, I remember my brother went to the game. My brother brother Seb obviously lives in Dublin now as a sports photographer, but he went to the game working for an agency at the time. Who did he did a few Palace games and stuff? Working the game, so he was taking photos, you know, of players and stuff. So he always said like he couldn't really sort of enjoy it or celebrate the goal or get into it because he was in work mode and in work mode you have to be you know if the goal goes in you've got to make sure you're getting the photos of the players celebrating or whatever and stuff and he's got a fantastic photo of the players at the end with the promoted board and the champagne and stuff and demos at the front on his knees and stuff yeah 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 Seb's got a lovely photo of that but yeah he sort of wasn't able to really enjoy the day because he was in work mode which I always thought it was a bit of a shame because if there was one day you needed to just let everything go and every emotion come out it was that day and it was that goal. Mm. Um, and I, I always love that scene. I mean, obviously we know the Damo Ramage thing on the steps, you know, 
tearful. But when uh, Mother, you know, Murray comes out on his crutches, you know, sliding towards the fans, you just go, that feels really good. That feels so good that, you know, that man who's cruelly cut down and, you know, scored tons of goals for us to get us into that position, you know, and obviously the connection with Brighton and the fact that it happened in the first leg. But that was a beautiful moment and it will, that will live with me as well. But I, I think you're right, Jim, the fact that the clip is from a Watford fan makes it so much better. Yeah. So much better. The fact that they would have had to sit there and hear that noise and at yeah. that time in the game, no, that's, that's pretty much it. I, mean, I, I think... would delete, I would never, I don't take any photographs during games. I'm a bit superstitious about all that. So, so I'm, I don't want to be on my phone whilst I'm watching a match. But as you say, A, you're recording it, and B, you then think, why don't you just delete that? Because surely that's a horrible moment in your life. Oh, no, what I'll do is I'll upload it and then get millions of views. Brilliant. There's well, quite a few. Um, There's quite a few that have done that. So absolutely oh God, bizarre yeah. behaviour. I mean, to be fair, Watford have actually then ended up doing okay over the next few years and I know, a bit up and down. And and stuff, I, but... I know that that moment was a bit of an awakening for their fan base. They just couldn't believe how well organised we were at putting the HF in the middle behind the goal yeah, yeah, yeah. and gave them a kind of block of tickets for that and how we completely dominated them in terms of the atmosphere that day. And I think they started a new fan movement out of that, haven't they, called the 1881 movement or something. Yeah. Mm. That was all born out of that day, I think. Yeah. That day, yeah, that day was, for many reasons, almost as big for Watford as it was for Palace, really. But um, there and they've been through about 253 managers since. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 254 now. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's, that's my clip. All the clips will be in the show notes on your app now, so you can scroll down or look and, and, and watch these clips alongside with us. Uh, and hopefully enjoy them and guys that's the end of another clip show it's been really nice going down memory lane with you both Richard I'm sure it's been great to get all that wedding stuff off your chest as well <laughs> now, it's out now Jim it's gone it's, it's released I can now move on <laughs> and uh, Jesse thank you so much for coming on and sharing your clip and if you can give us another update of life in uh, the, the, the sunny villages of Surrey at some point that'd be great if there's another chili eating contest or I don't know a jousting contest or some sort you know there's, a, there's, know. A, there's a torch lit procession on bonfire night and some sort of huge bonfire in the park they've already started building apparently so um, yeah I'll be sure to update you um, that also sounds like it's got hot connotations so we're doing a bonfire night special are we Jim of yeah. our use hot pants we could do couldn't we yeah, we could. Well, I should say as well to our listeners, I know that these episodes, people really enjoy these nostalgia episodes. If you've got an idea for a Hot Pants-themed episode that you'd like us to do, whether it's a themed 11 or anything, really, do let us know. Obviously, Twitter is the best place to get us, at FYP Fanzine. We're also on Instagram, which is the same handle. If you want to email us, it's contact at fypfanzine.uk. No co for some reason, it's just .uk. I know it looks weird, but that is our email address. Um, and that's it. Thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring this this episode. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FYP at manscaped.com. And until next time, uh, I don't know, just avoid chilies, maybe. But stay safe, and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
25? Did you hear you could save up to 25% off grocery store prices at BJ's Wholesale Club? Did you say save up to 25% at BJ's? Yeah, save up to 25% at BJ's. Whoa, that's like saving up to one-fourth of... That's going to leave a mark. BJ's. Absurdly simple savings. Shop today. Not a member? Go to bj's.com slash simple savings. Sports Social Podcast Network.